business partners which we have in some countries, uh, these guys, uh, okay, we say, okay, uh, you want to deal with us, you should, you can become a distributor, dealer, agent, whatever, but you need to buy a sm this small uh, testing unit from us and to get this to the client. So the, we call it the, the freezer test. So if you, if a person says, okay, yes, I'm ready to invest money, proves that he is really serious, he will, he will do the best. Otherwise, you know, 90% is talking. This is a Scale with Sales podcast. Today, we're speaking to Anders about his business's international growth, his best practices when dealing with international consultants, and how accelerators can give you the framework to expand your business. Welcome to the Scale with Sales podcast. Today we have Anders Pekurin with us from Acoustic Extra Freezing. Nice to see you. Hello, nice to see you. All right. So you were in the Euroscalers um, some year, year and a half ago. And uh, I'm really curious what happened uh, since then, because I know you got some cool stuff going on. But before we get to that, please introduce yourself. Who are you and what is Acoustic Extra Freezing? Okay, um, first of all, let's start with the technology because we are really proud of what we are doing. So Acoustic Extra Freezing is a technology to make frozen food tasting fresh. You know, normally if you defrost something, you have a pile of water, not very tasty, but we managed to keep this really as fresh. Uh, okay, and so uh, this is my first entrepreneurial experience actually started my journey started five years ago before that i used to work for big uh, corporates um, and actually got fed up of this here we have a lot of freedom and uh, a lot of uh, space to apply all what I, what i have learned through my corporate life uh, talking about uh, my educational background so i got um, uh, I'm a Master of Science in Engineering, and also uh, I got MBA in the UK. So now really this project allows me to apply all my skills. All right. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, so I didn't know you had both the engineering and the MBA, but you know, you can never have too many degrees, especially in Finland. So <laughs> nice yeah. work on that. Well, let's get to talk some business. So you have this um, freezing machine that kind of vibrates somehow and that makes when it frees it it keeps a really nice and fresh uh, texture of the uh, fish uh, well you can freeze many things but this fish is something that you work with i understand but now uh, it's a really cool invention but fish has been frozen for i don't know thousand years or at least the last uh, since refrigeration like a hundred years or so and so i'm interested in what was your first client how did you get your first client Actually, through the personal connections. Uh, so um, our first step was say, when we did this MPV uh, uh, and we realized that it really works. Uh, so we basically just started talking to everybody, to friends, business partners. That's what we are doing. This is the advantage. And first client is always tricky and it requires a lot of trust but uh, yeah we were fortunate to get it uh, and, and, and by the way it was it was fish business um, the, okay one of the problems with fish is that you understand that it, it is catched normally somewhere let's say 
uh, in the sea somewhere. And it requires time to get it uh, on shore first, and then to process it somehow. And normally a fish is, let's say, is frozen twice. Uh, first you freeze it uh, somewhere in the sea, then deliver it frozen, uh, and then uh, to make uh, ready meal products, for example, or something like quartered fish, like or a, like whatever, a sliced fish, like a fillet, yeah. You need to really kind of defrost it a bit and then freeze it again. And obviously you lose quality if you do this in, in traditional way. So the client really needed to avoid this, you know, second step of quality loss. Therefore, he uh, he chose our technology. Yeah. But so most of us who are listening to this, um, or the idea is that you have some type of client, because as you say, getting the first client is hard, and your machines are not free. They cost thousands and thousands and tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of euros. So it's not easy to get your first client with that. So I think it does help to have a network where there is an interest already to buy. But the, so this podcast is not so much about the, the first uh, purchase, even though I'm interested in that. I want to get to, so you have a client and you realize this works. You're, you're making a little bit of money. What did you do or how did you take the next step? And I'm, I'm curious also in a way that if you now know already that you could have done it better because you now are a more experienced businessman. Uh, but I'm curious, what, what did you do to get uh, like the, the first uh, like customer who wasn't a friend of your or a connection? Uh, yeah, please share some about that. Actually, this is the next uh, great step for any startup. And it requires more discipline and more, uh, let's say, planned approach. Uh, so in this case, uh, uh, accelerators uh, really help. Uh, and because you get a framework to, to, work, to work with, you get a lot of hints uh, uh, working with the social media, uh, how to find the clients, etc. Including Euroscalysis was a great experience for us. And um, so it requires discipline first, uh, really structure, because this is a kind of move from a classic startup to more structured way, like any corporation sell. Uh, so, uh, and at this stage, you really need to demonstrate benefits to your clients. Uh, it's all about uh, benefits. It's, and more about, uh, let's say, uh, costs and uh, and advantages of the technologies in terms of comparison to cost, to cost-benefit ratio. Uh, so yeah, I would say discipline, framework, and uh, visibility, which gives you, which which is given you by participation in uh, accelerators and uh, trade shows and things like that. But what was the uh, techniques to, uh, if you go like really practical, what were the steps that you needed to take in order to attract the next customer? What were the things that you were doing? Okay, if you are, if you think about any industry, it looks really great in terms of market value. You can talk about billions and billions uh, of potential you know, customers. But in reality, it's all about finding a really small niche Yes, very small niche, and uh, find a customer which you can his problem you could solve. Uh, okay, normally we are talking about ten x uh, of something, you know, increased cost or any benefit. But uh, okay, on average, industry is not interested in innovation because they do money, they don't care. 
But there are some people who really care. The trick is how to find this person, how to find this niche. And this, is, this can be done only by, you know, test and try. So, you, yeah, you, you could have, let's say, 100 potential customers, but only one lead can work out. And you really don't know which industry could it be, which niche. Yeah, so it happened. You, 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 as you said in the beginning, there happens to be a really good benefit to your freezing technique when it comes to fish. But when you started, I mean, I've seen your, I think some of your drawings, you can freeze anything, you know, and you will have better quality. But it seems like the fish one, because they are, they are like, you know, they're caught, they're frozen, they get uh, thawed up and then frozen again, it causes a, a severe quality loss, which you might not have with other products where you can like freeze it like right away or something. Um, this is not my specialty, but I realized that. But I'm curious, then, Anders, uh, if you would give advice to yourself uh, when you started, especially when it comes to sales uh, and outreach, like how do you knock on those 100 doors to find the one person that, that it works? If you would give yourself advice, what would that be? Okay, sometimes, especially in different countries, if you work in, in many countries, it's really difficult to get uh, a right person, a client, directly. So you really need to find uh, local people who, local partners who can be like, who can open doors for you. This is really important. And this approach, by the way, really helped us uh, in Spain. So we have found the right person. Yes, he did trust in our technology. He demonstrated this to clients. Um, uh, so, I mean, don't, don't afraid to share profit, uh, uh, let's say market where market share with local uh, people because it really works. You know, Be, okay, Finland is a small country. If some company in Italy or whenever uh, just got a call from a strange Finnish guy, I don't care to be honest. I mean, there are many technologies, there are many things to do. But if some local people, uh, some local person comes to you and say, okay, guys. I've heard about this technology, you should try this. And this saves you a lot of time. All right. Yeah, I think there's a benefit. Uh, some, I'm, you know, I'm very big on emails and, and LinkedIn reach out, even in countries where um, that it's not, you know, I, I, they don't know so much about Finland and stuff like this. But I do, I do think that there is, especially if you find the right type of consultant for you and, and the, in industry where they are not so, inter- as you said, they don't really care for new things. So it will be so difficult to find them. So if you have somebody who can help you, then and they know, they might even know, okay, actually, I know these people. Yeah, they're probably interested. Let me introduce you. Then you save a lot of time on that. But I was curious then if we talk about that a little bit more, how do you make sure that that person is like acting in good faith and actually being good at what he does? Because consultants, uh, you can, it's really a bit hard to know because they, some people would just take your money and not do anything properly. So how did, did you did you how did you know that this person was good, or how did you set up the contract for it to be beneficial for both of you and put the incentives in the right order? Uh, okay, in our case, it's uh, let's say pure standard consultancy doesn't work because you know, clients say, okay, trust you sounds interesting, but I should try to freeze my product. How can we arrange that? Here is the problem. So we need to deliver a small freezer to the client's uh, company and uh, a person who runs the test should really know what to do because there are many stages 
it's not only about freeze it's, it's about the how to include uh, our technology in the whole you know, production chain mm. because freezing is obviously the last uh, part of the process so uh, business partners which we have in some countries uh, these guys okay we say okay uh, you want to deal with us you should you can become a distributor dealer agent whatever but you need to buy this small uh, testing unit from us and to get this to the client so we call it the the freezer test so if you if person says okay yes i'm ready to invest money proves that he is really serious he will he will do the best otherwise you know 90 percent is talking yeah, well, that's a really good, uh, you know, a very uh, f- like a fire test. Like, you know, you have to buy one of these machines so that we know that you're serious. Yeah, then they already invested money, so that makes a really easy way to control that they that they care about this. Yes. But then after that, I mean, you don't have to give the exact numbers. But did you have uh, did you pay them anything for working, or did they get only provision when they get sales, or how did how did you set up the payment structure there? Yeah, they got uh, dealers discount. Uh... From sales uh, to, to end customers, so, so if, they if made money the when contract, you made money. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, you, you imagine if you have like say twenty countries to go, you have twenty persons there. Not any startup can afford spending. I don't know even a thousand. Yeah. I'm with you. And I, that's something that I've noticed in them. That's why I'm so uh, careful with consultants because it will be people who say that, okay, pay me 1000 a month, 2000 a month. I'll find these clients and so on. But the, um, but that's usually a trick that they will not do it or they will do it a poor job. Like, and, and by the way, in Finland, we're very used to paying people by the month or like contracts. And we're happy with that. But in abroad, they, they need to be checked by the hour that are they doing what they should be doing. I, I'm sorry, this sounds like, you know, racist or something, but they, it's, yeah, we are so used to everybody being nice here in Finland that uh, it's easy for us to get lost that when we sell somewhere else, we need to really check what they're doing. And I think in your case that you have them buying the machine, you convince them that the machine is good, they buy the machine, and then they get paid when they get sales. I think that keep, gets the incentives in the right order and everybody's invested in this and you will make money together. So I think that's really good. Ask another question here. Do you use any tools, any digital tools or anything to keep track of what you do, both like CRM tools or um, sales tools, anything like this to keep track? To be honest, uh, we're not very uh, sophisticated in this. Uh, yeah, we are, lo- we are looking at uh, different options. Uh, we are really want to do this uh, soon, but now we are talking about, let's say, dozens of potential customers, not like hundreds of thousands. So we can deal with the you know, traditional Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think the next step would be more sophisticated tools. I'm curious about, oh, thank you for sharing that. And, and I know you don't have that many clients. They pay a lot, each one you have, so you don't have to have so many. When it comes to, you say you get this uh, connection that you need. They're talking with their interest, like they, they want to talk with you. How do you convert their discussion to like interest and I think they even have to buy something to experiment with you or something that, that you said about these machines. Because I know that you had one case in the Faroe Islands where you tell that even just the experiment was quite expensive to do. So could you share a little bit, how do you convince them to you know, take the next steps? What's the process from interest and, and, and go me through the steps, how you kind of, you pull them in step by step. Uh, okay, this uh, 
case with, with Terra Island was we were lucky because we were uh, in the EIT fund acceleration program and we got grant uh, from this program which we could use for uh, something like uh, okay we have many options but we choose to use VTT uh, as a for sensory tests so we physically delivered uh, fish from Faroe and by the way it was in the middle of the COVID it was really tricky in terms of logistics and to arrange everything it, it was it was a nightmare but eventually we got um, uh, an official report from VTT uh, sensory profiling uh, which comparison of uh, fish frozen with acoustic freezing technology with the conventional freezing and uh, and, the, and also the comparison even with fresh fish uh, sold in local supermarkets uh, so we got this scientifically proved uh, report and on top of that we delivered frozen samples of uh, faro fish to the client back to the client so we got fresh samples from faro uh, have frozen them in finland and delivered it back and the client was really impressed by this so here uh, there is obviously difference in color uh, in uh, uh, drip loss this is the amount of liquid uh, after the frosting and this was the key selling point uh, to show actual results to the client and yeah and you and so you could pay vtt for this did, did the uh, fish producer have to pay anything for this uh, whole procedure uh, they pay for the transportation only but the actual test okay, so that's was not done, too bad yeah okay and i know i don't know exactly how many clients you have now but that's one of them then uh, the, uh, for example, the one in Spain, yeah, you had a connection. So how were you able to take the steps? Because uh, can you share how much we're talking about if they want to install this? Like the final cost, how much does this cost to install? For fish, for, for big fish, um, let's say spiral freezer for fish, uh, the price tag is around 200,000. Uh, it, it differs actually, but mm. uh, let's say this. this uh, well, let's say we can use 200,000 as a, as a benchmark. So I'm thinking now yeah. in the in the case of the Spanish customer, what were the steps that you take? Because you, you have the first intro. It's like, okay, we, we we had our friend Pedro. He said that you were great. So let's, okay, Anders, we'll have a call. What are the steps that you go through to like close a deal worth of 200,000? I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear for both for my own sake, but also for other people who sell to industry and they're not used to it. How do you do, how do you convince them to actually go all the way to the, to paying so much? All about uh, real freezing tests. Uh, so first, uh, okay, our distributor in Spain, uh, he brought the small machine to the client, and the client uh, frozen his samples. In this case, we are talking about meat, uh, prosciutto crudo in the Italian language. In, I don't know, sounds like ham, but not exactly. And the client was happy uh, because. Uh, he uh, after after freezing storage and defrosting and it looks like fresh one and and the problem with it, it, it okay it's not dried like ham on it's it's more crude uh, type of meat which cannot be uh, stored for i don't know more than three weeks or so but if you freeze it you can deliver it literally to other part of the world and defrost it and sell after yeah. half a year that was the benefit that was very nice. So he saw a direct benefit, like the like we talk about the 10x. He went from 
weeks to months in the storage time, for example. And then he realized, well, this makes a lot of business sense for me. And then he can go with that. Yeah, but again, the, the, key, the key point was that he tried it on a small scale in the small freezer and then uh, decided to order, say, a freezing container, which is now produced for him. Well, it seems like if you get the foot in the door and you allow for a test, they see the quality of the test, then they realize this is true, it works, they, you can, they can make a business case to themselves in the head, like, wait a minute, if I can freeze this, like this can be this much longer stored, they start to knock, you know, get euros in their heads and they can realize how much money we're talking about. And when that happens, then their decision is quite easy. It makes business sense, it works. Like you have the data to prove it, you have the VTT reports, why not buy, like, let's get to work. Yeah, that's it. And now, by the way, we are developing the same case uh, in New Zealand. And uh, surprisingly... <laughs> you go, first you go to Faroe Islands, which is really far away, even though it's close. <laughs> you just get worse and worse. <laughs> like, I would, it would be Fiji next. Like, what are you going to have? <laughs> we already have machine in Sri Lanka, but they have, a, you know, this... Disaster in the, in the economy, political problems, all, all kind of stuff. But in reality, before this, it did work. Anyway, talking about New Zealand, there we have a client, uh, which, uh, uh, okay, uh, he has done a lot of tests, but surprisingly, he found that the industry uh, and uh, there is a huge, okay, they have China very close huge demand for milk products but you know fresh milk uh, is, is not stored for and, or, or you put uh, a lot of you know preservatives or it's it's not really fresh and, one. or you heat heat it up so it's like doesn't taste well when you do that so uh, uh, they did many tests and found that yes that, that's beneficial and we are talking about a really big freezing container for them Wow. Yeah, I didn't know you could freeze milk like now. We're talking like fresh stuff. Like this is good. It's good stuff here you got. Yeah, and there's, you know, that yeah. the business size, it is quite large, as you said, but you had to start somewhere and fish was the fun that you found. And now apparently there's more doors opening uh, for you there. So that's really nice. Exactly. Do you have any other, uh, sorry, if I ask about New Zealand, how did you find that client? What was the strategy there to find them? Uh, we found, uh, let's say, we, we found a partner first. Uh, it was a recommendation, word of mouth, actually. Uh, so we, when we when you are in the industry, people and have something new, people start talking about this. Uh, and you really don't know. Okay. One example from Finland. I got a call from, from a guy who said, okay, I have a business in the States, uh, but I've heard from you, from a chef in a fancy restaurant, in, in Helsinki, actually. So some chefs of the restaurants already know about it. I don't know how it works, but... That's quite crazy. I think that's, that's something for those of you who listen to think about that. Now, I know Anders is not pushing too much effort into uh, making pe- this uh, research known. You are working hard, but you, I don't know that you're using any media. You don't have your own podcast or video production or stuff like this. But if, you're, if your product is superior and enough people know about it and they really believe it's good and they tried it like the chef, he's been working with that fish, he knows it works really well, like they, they will start talking if your product is really good. And, but people need to know about it and you had to start somewhere, but you did. You played your cards right and now, now people are realizing, waking up to this uh, opportunity that they can use this freezing to make way better quality freezing than they're otherwise used to. 
So um, actually for me, I'm, um, I am a big on eating beef and we have, uh, I've now started realizing it's quite a lot, lot of quality difference in the beef. And I'm thinking, um, my guess is the beef that I get in the store has been frozen once uh, or twice even. And the, the one that I'm eating, I'm getting from a farm. It's uh, vacuum packed and frozen once. So the, the flavor is completely different. I, I almost can't, like that sounds like so, uh, <laughs> like I, I sound like uh, spoiled, but I almost can't eat the normal meat anymore when I'm used to the ones from the farm. So, cause it's like, yeah, it's the difference between how, how much they're frozen and thawed and so like stuff like this. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And uh, again, if you're talking about meat, you imagine, uh, okay, beef, you, you have a farm nearby, that's fine. But if you're talking about uh, lamb, um, and there is a very specific period of time when lamb is really, lamb meat is very good and tasty. Uh, let's say, uh, basically you have three months. If you make this lamp in this period and freeze it with our technology you can eat it all all day all the rest of the year basically sounds like uh sounds good every all of you farmers listening to this now you gotta get get some get a hold of this freezing stuff it's good it's real good uh, okay can i have uh, i'm curious about some tips and tricks so would you like to share you had some ideas right is there anything else you're also thinking that if you would give advice to yourself like like say two years ago you give yourself advice or to somebody else thinking how do i start my sales uh, what are the? Do you have any other tips and tricks you have for people? Please, do not be shy. Don't be shy. That's my message. I mean, uh, if you have something uh, that you believe is really great, uh, you should talk about this. You should participate in in many events, uh, online events, offline, everywhere. Uh, Participate in all accelerators. Uh, it's really good. Even when you kind of prepare into it, it, it also gives you something to talk, uh, to think about, and uh, to push to push your business actually. Uh, and yeah, be bold. I would say. All right, Anders. Is there anything else you would like to leave uh, to share before we end this podcast? I would like to thank you, Rasmus, for the great uh, Euroscalers pro pro uh, program. Uh, we haven't uh, implemented all your tips yet, but I'm sure we, we will do this and uh, achieve even more results than we have now. <laughs> let's, let's, let's hope that. Well, thank you, Anders. Thank you for coming. Thank you for your nice words. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Anders, uh, if you guys want to freeze your stuff and make it taste great, look at uh, it's Acoustic Extra Freezing. Uh, you can find Anders on uh, LinkedIn. At least you're there. And uh, acousticfreezing.com, I think. And on Twitter, you have Acoustic Extra. So, yes. uh, yeah, thank you very much, Anders, for coming. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for sharing your tips and t- tricks. And best of luck with uh, continuing the sales and the growth of this Acoustic Freezing technology. Thank you very much, Rasmus. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Scale with Sales podcast. I would love to connect with you and hear your thoughts. So find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Rasmus Basilea and you'll find me there. I'll make it a point to respond to all messages I get. If startup sales and international expansion interests you more, you can find more insights and resources at euroscalers.com. Thank you again for listening. Thank you.